0: Well, welcome to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice, and what a great week seven of the National Football League's 100th anniversary season. Again, once again, the NFL is putting out some great games. What a great job scheduling by teams this weekend. Carolina coming off that great win in London, four and two, four straight wins with quarterback Kyle Allen at the helm, defensively lead the league in sacks and just playing really good football right now. Tampa Bay, well, a lot of turnovers in that game, but they're coming in the right direction. They're moving in the right direction. The thing that scares me about Tampa is their last in the league in pass defense, uh, which kind of skews that number how high they are in rush defense. The Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are really doing a great job right now. I think they're a team on the upswing. They're plus seven in the turnover ratio, and that's never a bad thing. And the Browns, minus six in the turnover ratio, and that always is a bad thing, and they're trying to figure themselves out. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got some great games to talk about. We've got Lorenzo Alexander of the Buffalo Bills, the 4-1 Buffalo Bills, coming off a bye, doing an outstanding job defensively. They're way high up in a bunch of categories, number three in total defense, number five in third down defense, and most importantly, number four in scoring defense, only giving up 14 points a game. So we'll have Lorenzo Alexander on. We'll also have on Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens to talk about a little bit of Breeders' Cup, some jockey moves that are out there right now for Breeders' Cup horses. We'll also talk NFL football with Gary, and we'll pick a couple races at Keeneland. So when we come back, we've got a great show for you. So we'll see you in a minute.
1: I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather's clear. Can do, can do. This guy says the horse can do. If he says the horse can do.
0: Welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. My next guest is uh, Pro Bowl, two-time Pro Bowl linebacker, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Lorenzo Alexander of that red-hot Buffalo Bills defense coming off a bye this week. Zo, how's it going, man? Great to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, Things are going well, you know, just coming off the bye week, feeling healthy, Uh, you know, been playing some pretty good ball and just trying to keep things up.
0: Yeah, you guys are doing extremely well. I hate to be a statistician, but I got to read some things off for our fans. And you guys are number five in uh, third down defense, which I think is awesome. Number three in total defense, number three in pass defense. But the big one that I really look at is you guys are number four in scoring defense, only giving up 14 points a game. Uh, one, area, one area you guys got to pick up, though, Zoe, and I'm sure you talked about it uh, at the bye, so maybe you can address it, is 21st in the league in sacks. You've only got 12 sacks now. That we got to remember that you guys are coming off a yeah. bye, so you only played five games. But uh, talk about that a right. little bit, Joe. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, for us um, – we talk about getting sacks. Obviously, that's a, a very sexy stat that people always mm-hmm. look towards. But uh, we, we talk more about affecting the quarterback, right. getting him off the spot, hitting him, making him feel uncomfortable. And uh, early on, we've played a couple of good quarterbacks that get the ball out of their hands that aren't going to take sacks or right. aren't going to get hit, like a Eli Manning and a Tom Brady. So right. those definitely affect your numbers. But uh, we just got to continue to work. Um, you know, I, they pay a lot of attention to Jerry Hughes, who's a premier rusher, and so we have to step it up from some other guys. And you saw that in the, in the Titans game where a guy like Jordan Phillips had three sacks. And so they'll come. They come in bunches, and we still got a long season to go. And uh, we'll continue to try to get after the quarterback and affect him and hopefully get some of these turnovers off of these sacks as well.
0: Yeah, the turnovers are big. I mean, those are the two stats I look at. But you're exactly right. I mean, affecting the quarterback, being an offensive line coach guy, you know, affecting the quarterback, getting in his face, and what we say is, oh, line coaches making him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. I think, that, right. I think that bodes way higher than the stat of how many, like you said, the sexy stat. That's a great way to describe that. But let me tell the fans a little bit about you. 13th season, uh, started out in Carolina in 2005. I didn't realize that. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and then you did the seven-year stint with the Skins. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, your second longest stint is now with Buffalo. You've been there four years. Uh, in right. 2016, you had the big Pro Bowl year, 12 and a half sacks. I mean, what a great year that was. I had spent the year before with you in Oakland in 2015. Mm-hmm. Now, to this point, and I think the sack thing, and I talked about this in Oakland when I was there in, six, in 17, uh, excuse me, 16, when you left was the fact that the opportunity arose. I mean, you had been right. kind of earmarked a uh, special team guy. When you made your first Pro Bowl, was that as a special team player, though?
2: Yeah, that was special teams in uh, 2012 when I was in Washington.
0: Right, and that's where they named you the one-man gang?
2: Exactly. And
0: that's because you, and is this true, you actually played some tight end and offensive guard too or was it offensive guard on the punt team?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was offensive guard, you know, uh, uh, some fullbacks, some tight end, you know, coming in with that you know, that heavy personnel uh, back in the day with Joe Bugle, right. one of the good offensive line coaches back in the day and so I was doing it with him in Washington and and that's where I got the name, you know, being able to play multiple positions and being a versatile player, which kind of led to me never being a starter or the guy. Right. That wasn't my role. Right. And like you said, when I got an opportunity in 2016 to play a significant amount of defense, um, as a starter, uh, you're able to make those plays right. or have more, just have more opportunity to make those style of plays. And so, uh, you know, I've just been fortunate to, to be able to keep my value and uh, buy my time until I had an opportunity to play a significant
0: amount of defense. Oh, and you've done a great job. And uh, and my friend, who I worked with, Bob Babbitts, the linebacker coach, <laughs> yeah. speaks extremely high of you as well as I do. Uh, coming off your best game last week against the Titans, and the Titans are a good football team. I mean, they've got an excellent yeah. defense uh, they've got some quarterback issues they've got to figure out. But you had six tackles last week, five solo and a sack. So coming off a, a, great, a great week against the Titans, coming into a game against Miami, you know. But, you know, the NFL is yeah. a funny thing now. The NFL is a funny thing. You can never let your guard down because last week the New York Jets – beat the uh, Dallas Cowboys, who have all the stats, if you look at stats. They've Jets beat them 24-22. So I know you guys, and I know Coach McDermott and following him and how disciplined he is and how really good he is to his players and his coaches. You guys aren't going to let down this week against the Dolphins. Uh, But before we go into the Dolphins, so let's talk a little bit about the fans, some of the things that you do during the bye week, some of the adjustments you make, some of the studies that the coaches do, the self-scouts, what are some of the things yeah. you're looking at to make that great defense even better?
2: Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because on Monday when we came back, um, the coaches had put this entire presentation together as far as the things that we've done really well, we kind of highlight those points, you mentioned, though, as far as some of the stats and scoring defense, you know, playing the pass, um, but also really just focusing on some of the things that we haven't done well. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the glaring issues you mentioned is, you know, obviously sacks popped out, but also playing, um, playing the screen game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, since we're, we are such an attack, you know, kind of downhill, very aggressive defense, we've given up a lot of big plays on some screens and, as you know, even you know, an offense that's very stagnant, if they can get some big plays on you uh, that can really change the momentum of a drive and really the outcome of the game because those big mm-hmm. plays normally lead to points. Mm-hmm. And so, those are some of the things that we just kind of have to focus on and kind of uh, continue to improve on as we um, get further in the season. Because we know, even like with a team like Miami, they ran ten screens last week versus Washington.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, some of that's to get the quarterback going, but also some of that's going to be as far as attacking us. Because they know we are so aggressive, and we haven't played the,
0: that that style of play well at all this season. Yeah, retrace your str- steps, right, and leverage, and rally to the football, right. That's how. and you exactly. need and you need those DBs to get involved too. They got they got to get involved out there in those screens. But I know that. Yeah, Co- yeah I know that Coach McDermott is a defensive uh, uh, mind, and he's done a tremendous job, and worked for some great coaches during his career. I love your staff. The, you know, I already talked about Bob Babich and uh, your defensive coordinator, former head coach. I mean, you guys have got a great thing going there, and now you got to keep it going against Miami. So let's talk. Let's segue over to Miami. I mean, they've given up 23 sacks. I mean, right. I'm not trying to put these guys down, but it is what it is. I mean, this is a results league, 16-64 on third down. You guys have done a great job on third down. Like I said, number five in the league in defense on third down. They've only scored four touchdowns. You guys got to get after these guys and make sure that they don't want to play, and I'm sure you're going to do exactly. that. A couple of their players, Fitzpatrick, he can be tricky, scary. Uh, you know, yeah. he can get in a, in a groove and he can get in a groove <laughs> and get in the groove right. the, get the other way, uh, throwing interceptions. And then you got Kenyon Drake, they're talking about trading yep. him too. And Preston Williams and Parker, the receivers talk about their guys a little bit, Zoe. And I know it's Friday. You want to get home to the kids and get going. Then I got one more thing to talk to you about, as we mentioned in the pre-show, uh, talk about a couple of their players a little bit, Zoe, for the fans.
2: Yeah, you mentioned I mean, I think Fitz has obviously been a, um, a quarterback in his league for a long time. For a reason. He has a lot of value, has a lot of experience playing ball. Um, he has the capabilities of making a, a big plays. And, and mm-hmm. wherever he's been, we have a couple of guys that have played with him and just kind of watching him from afar. He normally galvanizes the team around him by the way he plays because he goes out there, plays fearless, lays it on the line, trying to run guys over and guys around him are trying to pick their game up to kind of match his intensity. Mm-hmm. And so with with the the Dolphins kind of naming him the starter, that in my mind is saying, hey, we try to come in here and win. Mm-hmm. We ain't trying to develop a young guy. We want to get a win because we know how much that means, you know, with the organization or a team that's really been struggling to, to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Keon Drake. I mean, I've been a, a going against him for the last, three years, I want to say now, and he's a very viable back, uh, can make all the cuts very explosive, can get after you as well, and so we have to continue to keep them in the mindset of uh, we're not quite sure if we can win that game, and mm-hmm. so we have to attack early, obviously our defensive line on first, second down, as well as our linebackers, putting ourselves in an advantageous spot, so on third down, we can pin our ears back and take advantage of an offensive line who hasn't really played a lot together, and right. has some young people as well, and so Right. Um as long as we play our game and we operate at a high level, uh, we will have a very good chance of going out and, and, and beating and the Miami team. But we can't allow them to figure that, hey, man, we might have something going here with a couple big plays from Fitz, you know, scrambling around, right. it off to Drake, and, you know, maybe in the screen game, or Parker, you know, some of the some deep balls they like to throw when they figure that you're in man-to-man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and So we have to keep things in front of us. Um, Go out there and do what we've been doing. Run around, play fast, be resilient, and I think we'll have a good
0: chance of uh, coming away with a win. Yeah, and create create some of those turnovers you talked about, and that'll make life a lot lot easier. And I and I, yeah. and I like right. what you say. Don't let don't give them anything early with that great crowd you got up there in Buffalo. Don't give them anything early, and uh, don't give them any reason to high five on the damn sideline. I want, exactly. I want to talk to you about one more thing that's uh, important to you, I know, and before you leave is talk about your involvement, your, your, your and your wife's involvement in the American Diabetes Association and what that means to you, and, uh, and tell the fans all about that, please, would you, Joe? Yeah, well,
2: you know, uh, um, diabetes and uh, kidney, renal failure kind of runs in my family. Uh, my Uncle Steve, who raised me, um, suffers from it. Both of my maternal grandparents passed away due to complications, so it's a part of my life. You know, obviously, the African American community is very prevalent as well, and so just try to leverage, um, you know, the platform of the NFL, uh, the platform of the celebrity of being a player in the NFL, just to kind of continue to bring awareness and resources. And so, in every city that I've I've played in, I normally reach out to the local uh, diabetes chapter organization and just try to get involved in any way I can. And, and so, over the years, I've I've written in, in several tour de to cures. Um, you know, running hit 100 miles here, 64 miles there, just to, to help get out there, bring more awareness to what's going on, what the people are doing, and, uh, and and the main thing is, you know, making sure people are going to the doctor and getting their yearly uh, checkups, just to make sure they're taking care of themselves and understanding what they're dealing with. Because once we have um, the, the knowledge of, of what the illness is or what we may be suffering, then we can attack it, mm-hmm. and then we can be around for our families our kids, um, and our communities. And so um, it's been a pleasure uh, that me and my wife kind of do this thing together along with my kids as far as just serving the community in that
0: capacity. I think it's wonderful. My wife, Diane, and I started a foundation when I retired, and we have lots of charities that we have given and written checks to over the years and given time to. And now we're able to do more for those charities because we've been so blessed with our career and I've been blessed to have you on the show. It's great to hear your voice again. Get after these guys this week. Don't give them any hope, and uh, get to five and one. And uh, well, let's talk down the road, huh? When you keep this thing going, your, your schedule, by the way, looks favorable coming up. So that's yeah, cool. yeah. You
2: so, got to yeah keep taking it one week at a time. I yep. appreciate the support, brother, and uh, yeah, I'd love to come back on uh, maybe later in the year. Uh, We're we'll trying to make a playoff run.
0: All right, throw an elbow at uh, Babbage for me, would you? Right in the chest. All All right, man. All right, so appreciate you. Have a great game.
2: All right, appreciate
0: you. All right, bye. Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice, and my guest, my weekly guest, he's been gracious enough to come on the last couple of weeks, I think he's bored, he's got no work at the N- NYRA <laughs> right now, is my good friend, Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens. Gary, what's up, my man? What's going on?
1: Well, I've been a taxi service, uh, but it works out pretty good. I drop my daughter off uh, every morning at school, and it, it happens to be very close to Santa Anita, the great race place, in Clocker's Corner, so... Uh, I dropped her off at school and and uh, go out and get my fix on uh, watching these Breeders' Cup courses.
0: And a couple cups of coffee, of course, and get to talk to the fellas out there, right? Breeders' cup. that's that's what I, man, you're you're my guy right there. boy. that's what I wanted to start the interview with was I know we got races to do. I know we got NFL games to pick, but I want to start talking cause it's two weeks away, and I'm getting fired up, and I got a lot of great guests as you and I've talked about coming on the show and your dog's not coming on a show, he's not allowed to, is we got... Well, yeah, there,
1: there's three of these, these mutts Oh, you got here. three
0: of them. So, yeah, so there we go. So let's start talking about the Breeders' Cup, and you're out there in Clockers' Corner. The races are at Santa Anita. What are you hearing? Anything going on with jockey movement, horses? What races? Some horses that are entered in, or talking about, entered in three races. Uh, tell me what you got for the fans there, Gar.
1: Wow, it's been the last couple of days. I'm hearing all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, A lot of bouncing around going right now. Uh, A lot of agents keeping their their cards close to their chest, not wanting to share with anybody. But certain things happen, and they can't help but share. And uh, announced yesterday that uh, Omaha Beach is going to run in the mile, Mm -hmm. uh, the dirt mile. And I thought that was the last place he was going to run. Is that the big-ass, wow. uh, is that it. the
0: big-ass fans, mile? Is that what that is? <laughs> I think that's well, what they call it, did, the big-ass fans. <laughs> you know what, it, Sorry, it, <laughs> it
1: actually makes sense, Mike, that uh, what Mandela, he, he thinks two steps ahead of uh, Gary Stevens. And, you know, his goal, uh, he's got several goals set in mind. He's already got this horse's next four races figured out, it sounds like, and you know, the natural transition, I guess, to where he wants to eventually wind up in February is to go from that six furlong Santa Anita Sprint Championship where he beat lot and mm-hmm. uh, fire back at a mile. Uh, it's a good transition and then drop back to seven furlongs December 26th in the Malibu, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is exactly a month away from the $9 million uh, Pegasus Cup. Wow. You go from the Pegasus Cup to the $20 million Saudi Cup, <laughs> so. and then you go to stud. That sounds like a pretty healthy plan to me, but it it makes sense. Uh, but it freed uh, freed Mike Smith up to ride Yoshida mm-hmm. uh, for Billy Mott. Right. I was talking to Derek Lawson yesterday morning also, the agent for Flavian Pratt, and he was crying a little bit. Like, he's got a reason to cry Kids winning everything all over the place, but right. high uh, percentage. He was bounced off of Catalina Cruiser. Oh yeah, Joel Rosario, the new jockey. So
0: I there's all that. kinds
1: of this stuff going on right now, and there's going to be some more before it's over with. So
0: have you heard? Well, I mean, because my notes here say Catalina Cruiser is still a question sprinter mile. I I I think the horse is more of a miler. I don't know what you think, but he's going in the mile. Yeah, that's that's going to be some race, huh? That might be the race of the weekend. Uh, Omaha Beach, Catalina Cruiser and some other really good horses. Yeah, I mean
1: there. it's it's uh it it's worth a million dollars. The other ones are worth at least two million and and uh I think I don't know if it's even a grade one yet, but it should be. This might be the best race on the card.
0: It's gonna be fun races. There's gonna be a lot of fun races. I look at that sprint with Matoli and you just talked about chance a lot and Imperial Imperial hints. I mean that 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 sprint is gonna be a race to be uh, reckoned with, and that's going to be uh, one heck of a uh, a race. Also, I think it's going to be a great card. And I, I hear some people talking on some shows I watched last night about this is going to be a weak field for the classic. And my comment to that is, being a horse fan, is is there ever a weak fan, a weak field in the classic? I mean, are you kidding me? How how can it be a weak field?
1: I, I mean, we're getting to, we're getting to see a rematch of the Jockey Club Gold Cup, so controversial with Vino Rosso and the Code of Honor. I mean, they're going to match up again. Then you've got Yoshida. You've you've got, I, I mean, the field is stacked. There's a reason that Richard Mandela, when he thinks that the mile is going to be an uh, easier spot or a better spot for Omaha Beach than the mile and a quarter classic, it, it's not coming up easy, trust me.
0: No, and then you also, I believe, have Improbable in that mile race we were just talking about. And so the classic, the mile, the sprint, I mean, what what a weekend of racing. I mean, I talked to uh, Tom Ryan of uh, SF Bloodstock, and he's going to be one of our guests Derby Week on Monday. They have eight rings, Improbable, and we just talked about the aforementioned Yoshida. uh, And he's going to talk about those horses on Monday. I'm going to have Mike Pagramon who owns... McKenzie, who's probably still going to be the favorite unless it changes on. I mean, he's going to be the favorite when it's uh, announced, but I think he could go off the favorite, but maybe not. You don't know, but uh, he's going to be on also. We've got a great week of uh, Bob, you know, Bob Baffert, Sadler, Mikey, Johnny V., uh, we're gonna have a great show that week. I'm pretty excited about it because we're gonna. Do what a-
1: about me? You, you, Your promo and all these guys. Uh, I'm on here with you. You right didn't, now. Let, you didn't, don't,
0: you didn't me. let me finish. You're like my, my You're my act <laughs> of the. You're, you're my act of the day. You're gonna be on. We've already agreed that uh, you're gonna have something to say every day. However we tape it and do it, we'll figure that out. You and I, and uh, I'll send you a couple hats. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate well, hey, it. <laughs> listen.
1: Diane, hey, does your shirt? your wife. She just somebody's got to keep you in order when you're in the office, uh, and uh, Diane
0: can't do it, so it's me. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right. Although she had her knee replaced two weeks ago, she's doing great, and they're We're and we're redoing our kitchen. They're grouting the kitchen as we speak, and so she's going to have to come join me here in the studio. And she's not too fired up about it. She says, do she says, you have any heat in there? And I was like, yeah, I got a heater. So so, let's, uh, so we talked a little bit about the Breeders' Cup. Really exciting and, and uh, a lot going on there, as you mentioned. Uh, we talked uh, the other day about the two races we wanted to do this week. We wanted to give the fans a double this week. So you picked out the eighth race and the ninth race at Keeneland. The ninth race, of course, is the grade two uh, Raven Run. And uh, we'll talk about the other Ravens in a minute when I have you pick that Ravens-Seahawks game. But so we're <laughs> going to talk about this allowance, uh, $77,000 uh, three-timer, uh, never won 3 lotted out all the things they put in there. Let's go through a couple of horses. I know you mentioned to me in the pre-show that you had a couple of horses in there. I, I do as well. Let's give the fans our picks here for the eighth race at Keeneland on Saturday, tomorrow, and then the ninth race, 7 furlong. The Lexus Raven Run. So you fire away and then I'll interject when I think you got something there. <laughs> all right. Well,
1: uh, first of all, this, uh, this eighth race on the program, the three other Dan, uh, they write these phony conditioned races which uh, come up on paper. This could be a grade two. Right. Uh, a lot of these fillies in here, fillies and mares, are coming out of graded races. And. I'm sure when a lot of these uh, folks entered up, they didn't expect to see the depth that they saw. But uh, I've got three horses. I've narrowed it down to three. But my pick is going to be the eight-horse, Boxwood, for Eddie Keneally, Corey Lannery. Uh, six to one, three-year-old Philly. And Eddie's numbers are, are just crazy. Uh, second off the layoff, he's 23%, uh, 31 to 60 days. He hits at 17%. Route race is 17 you get Corey Lannery, uh, always one of the top jockeys in uh, in Kentucky and around the, the United States. So, uh, Boxwood is going to be my pick in there, Mike. All
0: right, and I think uh, English Channel. I'm just trying to show my history and my knowledge, and I hope I don't say something and I'm wrong. I think English. You're Ch- right on English Channel. The sire, though, I think was owned by the late Jack Cook who, Cook, who used to own the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken. But maybe I am mistaken. Maybe I'm crazy. But I thought he owned that horse. Uh, so I like a horse in there as well. I mean, everybody's going to get after that 11 Peru, and the 12 is going to be the favorite, Calio. But I like the two. I like the two horse trained by uh, Arnaud Decl- uh, J Jay, Jay, here I go again. Jehozakat. No. Jehozakat. Jehozakat. <laughs> I got it right. Jehozakat. <laughs> Quit making fun of the way I talk. I'm from New York.
1: Yozakat. cat. The J yo- is silent. Oh, is it? Yo-za-cat. Oh, so it's Yozakat. cat. Oh, okay. Yozakat. cat. cat. I
0: got you. I like I like cat for a price in there. You're I, all right.
1: Definitely cannon, guys. I like it's a tap. Room. Yeah, tap
0: tap it, Horace. Four year old. Uh, has some great works in it and a uh, real good trainer, training at 20%. Uh, I, I, I'm going to throw that horse in there for our exacta. Uh, let's move on to the, uh, so we have the two horse, Yozakat and we have the eight horse, who I have a big mark on, Boxwood. And like I said, the two favorites will probably be the 11 and 12. So let's go ahead and give the folks a double. We're giving them the two and the eight, and we're going to give them, what are we going to give them in the ninth race, Garrett?
1: We're going 88 is what we're doing. Oh. Uh, first star for, uh, I think, when, when I first met Ron Ellis, the trainer of First Star, the eight horse.
0: Mm-hmm. Coming of out of Delmar. Yep, yep.
1: We were, young, we were young kids, young bucks, and I said, uh, this guy will be in the Hall of Fame by the time he's 40 years old. And uh, Ron Ellis, a very conservative type trainer, underestimated, flying in Drayden uh, Van Dyke. Uh, this Philly, she's only started two times. Mm -hmm. And I always think, I'm looking at the buyers right now, the buyer figures, and I always think that, you know, the West Coast they shorted a little bit. If it happens on the East Coast, they give them a bigger number. This Philly, she ran a 92, her first out going 6.5 furlongs Mm -hmm. at Del Mar on a deep, heavy uh, type racetrack, and she gets a 92 buyer. 6.5 furlongs, very difficult uh, distance to win first time out. Mm -hmm. Comes back, that was on July 20th. Come back uh, a month and three days afterwards and, and runs a mile at Del Mar.
0: That's a favorite. Uh, yeah.
1: And wins by length and a half. She gets an 88 buyer. She's dropping back to the 7.8 on a, on a fast racetrack. Been training on, on the Santa Anita racetrack. Uh, I think she's fitting right, and you get the same price as you get Boxwood. You get 6 to 1.
0: Yeah, you got first star, the eight horse with an 88 buyer. That's where you came up with your 888s. 88s. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the fans another horse uh, for their exact. I'm gonna give them the nine horologist, uh, trained now by Richard Baltus, used to be trained by John Mazer or Uh This horse has been run on the East Coast, just won recently in August, the uh, Monmouth Oaks, uh, a Grade uh, Three race. I, I like this horse. I like the work on the October 11th, the bullet work, 59 and two. So the eight and the nine is what we're going to give the fans in the eighth race. We're going to give them Gary's pick. Oh, you're eight, 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 eight. You're all over the place, eight. Uh, the two and the I'm eight. I'm all over the place, eight. Yeah, two and the eight, and we're going to give them the eight and the nine in the ninth race, and uh, and hopefully we're going to give the fans a nice. Double, a uh, couple of nice exactos Saturday, so they get their bankroll going for the Breeders' Cup because there's going to be plenty of uh, horse races to bet as we talked about in the Breeders' Cup. Let's finish up with your NFL picks. You've been rolling pretty good in last week. Uh, not so good, but that's okay. One of these weeks I'll, I'll do the uh, homework and look at what we actually picked and put some kind of percentage out there. And if it's not a good percentage, I won't do it. But uh, I love it. <laughs> let's start out. With uh, one of my old teams going into Oakland, the spread now is Green Bay five and a half. The Oakland Raiders travel to Green Bay, coming off a of bye. The Oakland Raiders, Green Bay coming off a big win again. Uh, tell me who you like in that game with the spread this week.
1: I like Green Bay with with the spread, and uh, you know with with football, I, I like uh, the Green Bay coming off the big win. I don't like in football. Uh, <laughs> The boys coming off layoffs. I think they, mm-hmm. they, they know where they're going into, the cheeseheads and, and all that stuff. So uh, I'm going with Green Bay.
0: Okay, good. Good. I won't tell you who I like because that obviously means I don't like the same team. Uh, let's <laughs> let's go on to the next game. Uh, the, <laughs> Saints, the Saints going into Chicago. Another team coming off a bye because uh, they played Oakland in uh, Europe. And what they do is when they play over in London, they get a bye the next week, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Bears are minus three at home. The Bears have a plus six turnover ratio, but the Saints aren't all that bad. They have a plus two turnover ratio. Uh, I could read off the categories that the Bears are high in the league. Number three in scoring defense, number five in rush defense, number nine in sacks, et cetera. Who are you liking that one, Garrett? Minus three Bears. Who dat? Oh, who dat? you like the who huh? Judge Eddie Saper will be happy to hear that you like the hoot ads. <laughs> that's, the only,
1: that's the only reason I went. Uh, Judge Eddie.
0: Judge no, Eddie.
1: I, I, I like New Orleans. Uh, bounce right back in
0: Chicago. Well, there's a couple good games we're not going to pick. Minnesota Detroit. Texans at the Colts. Uh, Eagles at the Cowboys. But here's the third game I'm going to give you. Good game. Could be the game of the week. Seahawks are favored by three. Ravens at the Seahawks. Again, Seahawks are plus six in the turnover ratio. Russell Wilson is having an MVP season. Uh, You know, high up in a bunch of categories. Any offensive category you could think about, the Ravens are way up there. Number one in rush offense. Number two in scoring offense. Number four in third down conversions. Number one in offense by yards. They're just uh, unbelievable offensive uh, football team. Jackson is unbelievable, and, of course, Russell's unbelievable. This is going to be a great game. Who are you liking this one?
1: Well, first of all, it'll be the game of the week. I can guarantee oh, you that. Because unbelievable. Mike Kewitt's invited me up there oh. to uh, sit <laughs> at, uh, on those special uh, seats that, that he's got there, prime seats, and I couldn't go. So I know it'll be the game of the week, and once a Hawk, always a Hawk, Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I'm an old Seahawk, and this is a game that uh, – i certainly won't pick on my youtube show tomorrow but it is a game that i have studied and it's going to be one heck of a game and uh i i like i honestly if i was picking it i i'd pick the seahawks but uh if you had to use the points i don't know that they would cover it. it's going to be one of those games it could be who has the ball last is going to win this particular football game and we just hope that uh uh, Seahawks don't turn the football over. It's supposed to be rainy. It's going to uh, rain, and that could change things. Uh, but I, I, I'm with you. That could be the game of the week. So let's keep an but eye on our, Go ahead, bud.
1: Well, I was just going to say, here's the deal, Mike. Is, uh, there's there's no uh, Steve Largent on that team. There's no Jim Zorns, and there's no Mike Tyson. Thank, remember that.
0: Thank God there's no Mike Tyson's, but I'll tell you, the other two guys are pretty damn good. <laughs>
1: oh, it's
0: raining. You uh, couldn't hold on to the ball. Oh, uh, wow. Hey, so <laughs> let's talk about Jimmy Zorn. So I went, Jimmy called me last week. He's a head coach of the XFL, Seattle Dragons. He asked me to come by uh, the hotel over there in uh, Lake Union area and uh, look at the offensive line because they had their offensive line draft this past weekend. Uh, it was great to go catch up with him and uh, a couple of other coaches on the staff that I knew. And uh, I'm excited for the XFL. They had their draft uh, this weekend, and it looks like uh, they're, they're doing all the right things. So that can be fun for the fans. The football's never going to end. There's going to be you know, regular NFL football and the XFL in the spring. What do you think about that?
1: I love it. I mean, when I go into depression, uh, I think most uh, most. most sports fans and most husbands do when football season is over with it's depression time so i'm looking forward to that too mike
0: well i'll tell you my depression my depression is when i lose in the first race of my pick five that's my depression so (laughs) (laughs) all right brother man hey have a good day have a good weekend i'll holler at you stay great and uh say hi to angie and uh maddie for me please i will do mike thanks bro all right bye Well, that's it for this week's episode of Odds and Ends with Mike Tice, my guest, Gary Stevens, the Hall of Fame jockey, always colorful, always full of information and opinions. We're going to talk through those Breeders' Cup racers as we move forward, only two weeks to go, week of the Breeders' Cup. We have great guests coming up, all kinds of thoroughbred industry people, trainers, John Sadler, Bob Baffert, Doug O'Neill, jockeys, Johnny V, Hall of Famer, Mikey Smith, Johnny V, of course, is a Hall of Famer, Drayden Van Dyke and owners, Mike Pegram of McKenzie and also Tom Ryan of SF Bloodstock. Well, I have to make an apology because the late Jack Kent Cooke did not own English Channel. English Channel was actually bred by a Keenridge Farm and owned by James T. Scatuorchio and trained by Todd Pletcher. That's my bad. I guess too many hits in the head we had a great show. We're going to have a great show tomorrow on YouTube. Don't forget to tune in. If you have any thoughts, comments, tweet us at oddsandendspod. That's O-D-D-S, the letter N-E-N-D-S, pod. And if you want to send us an email, that's oddsandendspod at gmail.com. Have a great weekend. Hope all your horses win. And don't forget, I'd rather have a short price than a long face.